The work of this church in the world is realized through the generous financial support of all who call this place home. Along with the gifts and time and talent, ours is a shared ministry. You have a role to play here. Church membership is open to all. For more information, go to uusf.org. The Star King School of the Ministry is one of two of our Unitarian Universalist seminaries, and it's based here in the San Francisco Bay Area. Over the past several years, the school received feedback from its alumni that the work of countering oppression and white supremacy systems in our congregations was more difficult than standing trust and compassion in the larger congregation. A wide variety of resources from poetry to music to video to art are used to engage the materials in creative ways. One of the resources that we were in, uh, exposed to is a movie called Rumble, which explains the Native American impact on music in the United States across many years. You'd be surprised how many things are influenced by Native Americans in our musical culture. The sessions are set up very intentionally by presenting materials of counter-oppressive work to set the stage for exercises that cause participants to drop into their heart space. So the goal is we have our headspace, which is Unitarian Universalist, we love to thrive in. We love to think through and talk through and process all these different things. But sometimes we need to drop into our heart space and just let what we're feeling, what we're experiencing, happen and not analyze it too much. Participants are encouraged to understand they are sufficient just as they are. You have all you need just by showing up. And the exercises, although not deliberately stated, consistently challenge white supremacy systems of thinking. One exercise that illustrates this is an example that follows the materials on trauma responses. The exercise invites participants into a somatic or body practice using music. The exercise is prefaced in the following way by Dr. Fridiani. Accompaniment begins with being grounded, accompaniment or allyship, and a willingness to be present to pain and suffering without denying its existence or diminishing it or trying to fix someone else's pain for your comfort. Trauma makes people feel isolated and always impacts relationships. Healing is social allowing for reconnection with self and others. Our body is our ally, not our enemy. Embodied spirituality is key, she says. In the exercise, participants learn how to pay attention to their bodies as they experience discomfort and are encouraged to develop self-practices to do in the moment. To trust our body's wisdom is a pushback against white supremacy systems. In addition, by recognizing what our body is going through when we are in uh, times of discomfort in this work of anti-oppression and anti-racism, we learn to recognize it and stay in the work instead of fleeing the work or stepping away from the work or disengaging the work, which is often the response when we feel discomfort. I know that's what happens when I feel discomfort, I don't want to sit there, but by taking care of ourselves and knowing what's happening in our bodies, we continue to stay and stay sustained. 
The entire WEAVE program engages processes to surface, examine, surface and examine assumptions, to reflect, share, and listen to various perspectives, to hold creative tension, and gain from the collective wisdom of the group. It also has participants continuously asking, who are we as Unitarian Universalists? Who are we? How do we build and sustain beloved community? And how do we exist in that beloved community while also still living in our white supremacist culture of demonization, hierarchy, exploitation, and commodification? Now I've given you a lot of what weave is. I want to turn to the experience of weave. And this requires your participation. And you can do this in conversation with each other, or you can sit quietly and contemplate on your own. You have that power, you have that agency, you have that choice. I pulled two questions that are part of the exercises in the program. The first question asks you to tell a story of place, or what is the land that shaped you? The question is further expanded by this explanation. When you spend time in a place, we carry in our character the elements of that environment, such as rivers, the ocean, the mountains, etc. Even if one moved around a bit, what environment resonates with you? While you're thinking about that story of place and what you want to share or contemplate, I'll share mine with you. I was born in California, which meant I was exposed to the Pacific Ocean and mountains on a regular basis. Therefore, I feel at home walking along the beach, listening to the tide and smelling the sea breeze. I know my spirit, soul, and heart cannot thrive without access to water or without being able to look up and see some kind of elevation, most importantly, mountains. I know this because I've spent a good part of my life in Nebraska. <laughs> Nebraska is the most landlocked state in our continental United States and one of the flattest. I know when I cross the border into Nebraska, my body, my spirit, my heart physically get depressed. Physically get depressed. And I have learned that my heart home, where I thrive the most, is here in the San Francisco Bay Area, where I can see that water and see that elevation regularly. Now, I invite you to think of your story of place, and you can choose to turn to someone near you, or you can take the time to just individually contemplate it. I'll give you five minutes to share, and I will indicate when to switch. So you have five minutes total, and you'll switch in between, like at about two and a half minutes. Your time starts now.
Okay, the first person, you've got about 30 seconds to wrap up your story and then switch to the next person. Please switch to the other participant. Okay, my timer says your time is up. So let's come back together. So this is one of the beginning exercises in the program. It allows us to get familiar with each other without focusing on our roles, without focusing on our tasks or the hierarchy in our society. It allows us to learn about each other through our stories and how we define ourselves and what matters most to us. It's a simple question, right? What's the story of your place? What defines you? What land resonates with you? What waters? Simple question with so many layers. And I'm sure many of you could have expanded beyond the time that I gave you. The next question is posed towards the end of the program, but is one that we are considering throughout and one I hope we consider as a Unitarian Universalist, 
member of the society, I hope we consider regularly. Again, you can choose to share with somebody near you or contemplate on your own, and this is true even if last time you shared and this time you want to be silent, or last time you were silent and you want to share this time. So the question is, what is your relationship with hope? And this time I'm not going to give my answer first because I don't want to influence yours. Instead, I want you to think about hope. How has it shown up in your life in the past and in the present moment? And when has it been absent or hard to see? When has it shown brightly? You will again have five minutes total, and I'll let you know when to switch. Your time starts now. Okay, you have about 30 seconds to wrap up the first story and then switch to the next one. Please switch if you haven't done so already.
You have 30 seconds to wrap up. Okay, let's come back together. So the cool thing about these, both of these questions is that you can continue sharing about them in coffee hour, or even if you want to take weave and be a participant this coming year. My relationship with hope is found in the people I connect with, whether it be my children, who are way cooler than me, and I get to see how they are blooming, or as the experiences I have as a minister and invited into and the privilege of that space that I get to hold for people. Every time a connection happens, that hope blooms. I also find hope in the possibilities of growth I encounter every day through conversations, through books, through learnings, and through heartache. Boy, is that a teacher that I have the opportunity to continue to understand the world and the people around me is truly amazing and brings me hope every day. At the end of the program, participants are asked to reflect on all they have learned and experienced throughout the program. Then they are asked to make commitments to Unitarian Universalism, to their faith community, whether it be a congregation or another institution, or con I was going to say, or congregation, which I just said, and to themselves. They reflect on the following questions. Again, who have we grown into? What community has been formed? What next steps will I take to live out my Unitarian Universalist purposes and responsibilities by maintaining resilience, by creating self-care practices, by reestablishing trust, by being authentic, by building intimacy and beloved community, by understanding the matrix of systemic injustice, and by learning what repair is needed. At the end of this past spring, when the participants finished, they were invited to write their answers on a slip of paper that we wove together, as you can see here. So this is the collective group's commitments, and then each group had their own smaller piece of their commitments that they wove together as well. We're trying to find different ways to like show an actual form of the weave of that has happened during the program and this was one of the ways that that could happen. This program is again just one tool that allows us to work together in our eighth principle work and in building beloved community. If you'd like to be a participant, in this program, in the upcoming program year, I will have a sign-up sheet outside when you come through the line. Or you can just send me an email and let me know as well. Ultimately, this curriculum embodies the type of learning and healing Resma Minica discusses in his book, My Grandmother's Hands. He states, the body, not the thinking brain, is where we experience most of our pain, pleasure, and joy, and where we process most of what happens to us. It is also where we do most of our healing, including our emotional and psychological healing. 
and it is where we experience resilience and a sense of flow. May we each work towards countering oppressions in all its forms, building a community full of love and joy and when needed, repair, and most importantly, create a place where all feel welcomed and included. May it be so. Good morning, everyone, for those who are in person and those who are online. <clears throat> My name is Gianti Chapeau, and I am the committee chair for the Journey to Wholeness Select Committee. <clears throat> there you are in your kitchen. As you walk in, you see a child, could be your daughter or son, a niece or nephew, or even a grandchild. They are sitting on the floor, and next to them you see a bottle of chocolate syrup on its side. There are chocolate handprints everywhere, trails written in chocolate, much like a maze or a view from above the California freeways and highways intertwining. In the middle of this glorious mess, a child covered head to toe in chocolate syrup with drips and drabs, their hair is sticky and standing on end. Their rosy cheeks with a glow. The look of excitement and pride all over their face. Wanting to show you their masterpiece. You can't help but react. You let out a loud and frightful growl and stomp your foot. What the heck? What did you do? In frustration, you pace and hustle about to begin to clean up the catastrophe. But then in the silence, a child's eyes that are wide and doe-eyed begin to fill with water. Tears begin to stream down around those rosy flushed cheeks. You stop in your tracks and have the presence of mind and come off of autopilot and awaken as if you had been in a trance. You go over to the child and swoop them up into your arms, holding tightly. You speak loving words and affirmations as you hold them in your arms and carry them to the bath. In our day-to-day -day life, we are not always present to what is happening around us, too distracted by life, challenges, and just day-to-day -day living. We forget to stop and look or even think so much in our life is coming at us, and autopilot just helps us navigate our survival. I am committed to beloved community, and I assert that our congregation here at UUSF is too. Since we passed the eighth principle, the Journey to Wholeness Select Committee has been seeking what could we provide to support our congregation in realizing beloved community here. What would forward this objective? What is out there that can meet all people with all backgrounds where they are at? Weave. Weave is a program that bring forth, brings forth and highlights how our UU values are grounded in beloved community. Weave bridges that gap of saying we want beloved community and actually creating one. It presents us with the tools and observations that open the mind and heart. It is similar to that moment when you come off autopilot, that trance when you see the child crying in the middle of a chocolatey mess. 
You stop in your tracks and do what in your heart feels right. You stand in love and you take the action. Weave creates the space of this awakening in a loving way, presents how dismantling white supremacy and other oppressions can be realized and fulfilled. Weave supported my personal journey and expanded my, my mind in such a way that I now have the confidence and the heart to be a true ally. In one of our sessions, we were discussing our relationship to trauma. We all have some trauma in our lives, and we all have all responded to the pandemic in different ways. I noticed and experienced a release when I discovered that even fatigue could be a symptom of trauma. I have been fortunate enough to be employed during the pandemic, and my company reinvented itself. I can tell you, it takes something <laughs> to, build, to build a plane while it's in flight. It has been a stressful time for me and the world, and I'm exhausted. Realizing this was trauma, I had space and compassion for myself for what I was experiencing. I invite you to consider this sacred journey and examine for yourself and inquire, where can you bring forth beloved community? Thank you. We have a second reflection from Rochelle, who is unable to be with us because she's still recovering from some health um, issues and such. So we send her our love and our prayers of healing. So this is from Rochelle. Dear ones, it has been an honor and privilege to serve as your moderator for the last two years and a member of the Board of Trustees for the last five years. After initially coming to UUSF and subscribing to The Flame in 2014, I was inspired to learn more about this congregation and this faith. Our chosen faith, thank you John Burens, was the introduction that helped me understand that this is a faith where I belong. Inspired by other UU teachings and publications such as White Fragility by Robin D'Angelo and Conflagration by, again, John Burens, I have witnessed my own transformation within an understanding of the importance of the Unitarian Universalist movement. Ultimately, it is the legacy of Star King himself that was critical to my choice to join this community. Passing the Star King sarcophagus before entering this community is an ongoing reminder of the story of a people, the people of this congregation who recognized the importance of shrinking the impact of a culture of enslavement of Americans through the law, policy, and practice. It serves as a reminder that the people of this congregation refused to allow the expansion of slavery into this state. Yet the culture of white supremacy was able to take root. It is resistant and morphs with time. As we strive for beloved community, this must be dismantled. As Unitarian Universalists, what do we do? We continue to do what Star King did, provide the world with the message that it needs for our time. We are prepared for this moment. We revised our mission and vision statements. We passed the eighth principle. We are now beginning the implementation of our strategic plan, and the Hinckley Fund Board took the foundational step of funding the creation of WEAVE. 
I was able to be among the participants of the pilot offered this past spring. We now have this tool that allows us to build trust, which is foundational to beloved community. The reach is endless. This program will awaken our understanding around adopting practices that counter oppression and build trust by centering the impact of those subjected to social injustice over our own comfort. This allows for collective communal reflection, trust, mutuality, and creativity as emphasized by Reverend Rosemary Bray McNack and Reverend Laura Shinnam at the President's Lecture at General Assembly in June. We will see the increase in understanding of what beloved community means and looks like. According to Reverend Bray McNatt, these transformations become force multipliers in UU congregations and throughout the Unitarian Universalist movement. I am proud to represent this community as I serve on the board of Star King School for the Ministry as its vice chair, and I am full of gratitude for this community that has allowed me to be a part of building this work. Thank you, Rochelle, for your words.